0: Welcome to the New Zealand Initiatives Podcast. My name is Chelsea Killick and I'm joined today by our Executive Director, Oliver Hartwich, and he'll be talking about his new column in the newsroom this week. Welcome, Oliver. Hi, Chelsea. So, why did you write this article?
1: Well, I've been writing European columns for a long time and so people are asking me my opinion on all sorts of things. And the question I've heard most often in recent times has been, who's going to replace Angela Merkel when she retires later this year? A couple of years ago, the German Chancellor, of course, said that she wasn't going to run for a fifth term in office. She's been in this position since 2005. And the question is now, who's going to replace her?
0: Well, 16 years.
1: 16 years, which um, uh, is a record in German politics, um, only equaled by Helmut Kohl, of course, who was um, one of her predecessors. So 16 years is a long time. Mm. And it's the end of an era in German federal politics. And the obvious question is, of course, who comes after Merkel?
0: Mm, Who is going to replace Merkel? (laughs) Tell us. (laughs) Well,
1: that was the speculation in my article. I think there are only two plausible candidates left. One is Armin Laschet, who has just been elected chair of the CDU party. That's the Christian Democrat Union, Angela Merkel's party. The other one is the chair of the Christian Social Union, Markus Söder, To understand what's going on, you have to look at um, German party politics a little bit. The major center-right party is actually two parties. One is the CDU, that's the center-right party for all of Germany except for Bavaria. Bavaria has got its own party, the Christian Social Union, and um, the two parties form a grouping in the federal parliament, but they have two uh, separate party structures, separate party chairs, and who is running for the party for the chancellorship has to be negotiated between the two. Now, one party is, of course, much larger than the other one, representing what? 15 states instead of just one, Bavaria, but they still have to negotiate, and so you have these two state premiers. One, So the they
0: get to negotiate, not the voters? The voters
1: um, come in later. Right. <laughs> the, first, the party has to figure out who it's who is going to be its candidate, and you have the choice at the moment between two state premiers, one... Armin Laschet, new chair of the CDU, state premier of North Rhine-Westphalia, that's Germany's largest state, at 18 million people. And uh, he's been in his position as state premier since 2017. And in the other corner, if you like, Markus Söder, state premier of Bavaria, um, also quite a popular state premier, but leading the much smaller party. Between these two gentlemen, They now have to find an agreement who is going to lead their joint parties into the election. And whoever will lead the party into the election is likely to become the next chancellor.
0: Um, What about the other parties?
1: Well, that's the reason why that person is going to be the next chancellor, because the other parties are quite weak. Traditionally in Germany, of course, the center-left had a party, the Social Democrats, SPD. They had the chancellor a few times in German post-war history, so Willy Brandt and Helmut Schmidt and then Gerhard Schröder, but that party has uh, declined rapidly in the last 20 years. The SPD is in opinion polls at around 14-15%, so no serious chance of um, nominating the next chancellor, even though the party has nominated Olaf Scholz, the federal finance minister, as their candidate for the chancellery, but it's folklore, they can't be serious about that, they have absolutely no chance. Then there are the Greens. The Greens are now outpolling the Social Democrats, replacing them as the leading party on the center-left. But the Greens still only poll around 17 to 20%, so that's miles behind the CDU. And then to complicate things a little bit further, there are three smaller parties in Parliament. There's the Liberal, FDP, a business-friendly party. Then there is the Left Party, that's a post-communist party, so whatever is left of the old East German Communist Party, And then there is the right-wing populist Alternative für Deutschland, so AFD. Nobody wants to enter a coalition with the AFD. Hardly anyone wants to have a coalition with the left. The liberals don't really matter. And so the only plausible coalition that I see at the end of this election campaign will be a CDU-CSU-led coalition with the Greens. And because the CDU is so much stronger than the Greens, that means that whoever leads the CDU-CSU grouping into the election is likely to become the next chancellor.
0: Right. Gosh, that sounds more complicated than our system, even though it is our system. <laughs> yes, it,
1: it is quite complicated, <laughs> um, not least because you have two centre-right parties that are not competing with All each right. other, but have actually split the country along geographic lines. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, as I say in my column, it looks very complicated from the outside, but actually… Then again, it isn't, right. because um, nothing really changes. It doesn't really matter whether it's Merkel leading it or Laschet or Söder. You just have to get used to a new name. Yeah, I think right. the basic direction of travel will not change much. And it doesn't really matter whether you've got the Greens or the Social Democrats as the junior partner in that coalition government after right. this September election. Don't expect too much change from Germany. Just get used to a different face.
0: Right, well, Silly question, but how long can they stay? I mean, well,
1: they could stay theoretically forever there is no constitutional limit to the terms Um, unlike for example in uh, the US where the president only has two terms German chancellors could theoretically stay as long as the public votes for them but Angela Merkel has made it very clear after a series of lost state elections that she didn't want to um, stay on as party leader and um, she tried to actually pass over power to um, Annegret Kamp-Karrenbauer but that didn't really work so well and she had to resign after just a year and now the party's on to the next chairman, Armin Laschet. And so this is how the transition of power works in Germany. It's a bit strange if you think about it. It's a backroom deal between two regional politicians that decides who is going to run one of the G7 nations but um, Mm. that's politics.
0: Yeah okay well that's very interesting. Now tell me what um, election outcome you do expect.
1: Well, the thing about German opinion polls is that they are quite steady. And they have been steady since the last election, which was um, now almost four years ago. So if I had to make a guess now, and we're still about half a year away from the election, I'd say the CDU will probably get somewhere around 33%. Then you will have the Liberals uh, on maybe 10 so that's not enough to form a smaller coalition. You'll have the SPD somewhere around 15 You probably have the Greens somewhere also around 16 17 the outcome will be a CDU-CSU Green coalition, which is kind of odd really. If you think about it, by New Zealand standards that would be a coalition between National and the Greens. Mm -hmm. But it works in Germany already at the state level so um, there is such a coalition at the state level in the state of Hessen and it works quite well. Mm -hmm. has never been tried at the federal level. The Greens have actually only been in federal uh, government once before and that was together with the SPD under Gerhard Schröder. But it's worth an experiment and Really, it's the only plausible coalition because no other um, potential coalition would reach the necessary number of seats in Parliament to form a majority.
0: Right. Well, that's very interesting. Thank you, Oliver. And Oliver's column can be found on Newsroom and on the Initiative's website. For any thoughts or comments and feedback, please get in touch with us at www.nzinitiative.org.nz. Thank you.